with guns in their hands, you understand, that won the Civil War, the end of slavery. You know, you'll never hear that unless you have black control of education, black control of culture, <clears throat> black control of what we're communicating, you understand, uh, you know, the words of our music and our poetry and all that, you know, you, you will never know because the, the North was losing the war. It was black soldiers with that fighting and wanted to, wanted to rumble, uh, you know, come out, you know, to, to get out of slavery, you know, to free themselves, you know. Now, we did that, you know. If we listen to the colonizer, we'll see Juneteenth as a day to party, eat barbecue, and get drunk, and act a fool. You understand? But with black people being in control of those significant days, we'll get the true message of what uh, Juneteenth is all about. You understand? And our youth will get the true message of what Juneteenth is all about. We'll discover that we're not a hopeless, helpless you know, N-word, uh, you know, type of people who could be kicked around, smacked upside the head, disrespected, you know, punk, you understand? And no, that ain't us. You know, we are an upright people, you know. We fight for our rights, you know. Uh, the same thing with, with the music. We have, this is Black Music Month, you know, and I want to make a distinction between Black music and N-word music, you know. Black music and N-word music is two different things. The literal definition of N-word is something totally worthless, you know. Now, I don't go around and buy N-word music, but, you know, sometimes it's blasting, and, you know, out the cars are going by, you know, like people think that it's something that everybody need to hear. You know, they be talking about shaking behinds and, uh, fornicating and uh, you know uh, having sex with everybody, everybody having sex with everybody, you know uh, uh, adultery, uh, fornication, and all of that. You know they be talking about selling dope, talking yeah. about sex, you know talking about murdering one another. But for, well, that's fortunately, yes, yeah, exactly. But for, fortunately, like we got albums like black um, music, yeah, like we got black, black music, right? Yeah. Peace, man, black music. There's a difference, you know. Uh, music that uh, that has a message, a positive message in us, a message in it, you understand, which uh, is beneficial for our people, you know, uh, has a message of striving, you understand, for perfection, for excellence, you know, that's black music, differentiated from inward music, you know, and uh, this is something... Uh, that we can grasp, you understand? Something that we can love, you know, you know, and promote, uh, and which will be very, very beneficial during this uh, very, very significant and critical month of June. But um, you know, there's a very powerful, important album that that's out that it, that came out in 1971, and we used that uh, one of the songs from that album, which is titled "Pieces of a Man" by Gil Scott Heron, right. came out in 1971. And we use that song as our theme, uh, which is um, The Prisoner. Right? Right. So this is a right. revolutionary album, and it came out uh, five years after the Black Panther Party was started. Yeah. 
So he took his position regarding of raising consciousness of the people. So in an interview, he talks about that, that song that was very popular, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. And he said that what that meant was that the revolution is in your mind. You know, so it's a mind-changing um, experience that the revolution is going to be. And I think that that's very important to understand because he was playing his role because music is the anthem, it's the inspiration that people need to, to fight. So when we talk about June, and we talk about Juneteenth, and we talk about a Black uh, Music Month, it's very important that we tie that into our political struggle, our struggle for self-determination. Right. And uh, these ideas that were represented on this classical album, A Piece of Man by, um, by uh, uh, Gil Scott Harrell, is about the same thing that political prisoners were fighting for, to advance a people, to liberate a people. And he did his part. And we have to understand that... Um, you know, our political prisoners need to be uh, incorporated in anything that we do because there's nothing that we gain without this uh, struggle. But Gil Scott Aaron said something that's very important. He said that to ignore part of your life and not speak on it because it might intimidate uh, somebody is not to be very mature. And I think that that's very important because, you know, you have to express accountability wherever you're at. So if you're speaking about political prisoners and somebody says, Oh, oh, there's no political prisoners in the United States, or they don't feel comfortable with talking about that because, you know, it makes them uh, look at things differently or it makes them stand out as something. Or somebody try to dismiss your ideas as you being a conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you still have to take a stand on what's correct, and, and, and regardless of how somebody feels. So, you know, that's a very important point that we need to address because uh, who defines freedom for you? And who defines it with political prisoners? These are the serious questions we have to ask ourselves because the answers is going to determine what actions we're going to take or what demand that we put out there, not only for ourselves, but for our people that we associate with, the people that we need to uh, be with us uh, so we can remain or uh, raise their consciousness. Mm-hmm. And from raising their consciousness, that can lead to specific actions. And I think that that needs to be uh, talked about uh, in, in the upcoming summer. It's like, what do you uh, want out of this summer, right? Summer, the weather's hot, your barbecue, your picnic, and you're really enjoying yourself. And, um, you know, it's very important that we um, do what needs to be done to uh, raise awareness about our political so they don't become forgotten. And we continue to fight and move them forward and uh, move the uh, ideas forward regarding uh, fighting for their um Freedom, because we don't want them to die in prison. So that was the point that I was making regarding um, black music. Right on. Right you know, and so take us to 1971. Right? right? What do you remember about 1971? Well, yeah, that was uh, the time when uh, Gil cut his uh, his album. What we were talking about, uh, and um, you know, it was a time of renewed consciousness, of uprising. You know, of uh, people. Um, you know, developing and uh, being all that they could be. You know, there was, you know, uh, a couple of periods, the 60s and the 70s, you know, well known for people uh, standing up to the so-called man, you know. Uh, and, you know, we're talking about Juneteenth, and it was a period, uh, you, know, you know, with the uh, Juneteenth relationship, but in that Juneteenth was a period uh, you know, the, 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 the freedom of slavery was a, a liberation, 
you know, of people liberating themselves. And that is what our political prisoners were engaged in, liberation, you know. So we talk about Juneteenth and the people being liberated, and, you know, uh, we relate that to uh, those who fought for our liberation, you know, uh, liberation fighters, you know, black liberation fighters, you understand, um, you know, very, very important to us, you know, and we must honor them, you know, and, um, you know, truly define our own blackness, because our enemy would have us to say that this is something that can be erased from our history. So black people uh, in control of the expression of our own blackness will, rep will recognize uh, political prisoners, you know, who fought for liberation, you understand, and will continue that fight for liberation by fighting for their freedom. Absolutely, because I mean, we have to think, when we look at Juneteenth, right, and we look at, you know, the struggle for us to move forward, the struggle for us to get so-called free, uh, you know, we have to look at the casualties, right? Earlier political, early political prisoners was Nat Turner, Denmark Bessie, mm -hmm. anybody who took a stand, even um, John Brown, right? Because the, uh, John Brown was actually a martyr, right? But so right. We, when we look at these political prisoners, uh, they are part of that legacy, that long line of resistance, that long line of people saying, no, I won't do uh, what you're telling me to do or what and, you're trying to force me to do. And they are wealth that have been stolen from us. You know, and we demand reparations, you know, uh, in that spirit, you, you know, there must be a demand, you understand? There must be, you know, we talk about the history, the, 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 the evil, the very, very violent history that we've been through, you understand, must put some great, great energy, must some great, great fight in us, you understand, to stand up and resist, you know, very, very powerfully, you know. And the fight for our political prisoners must take on that character, yes. understand, and that yes. spirit. Yes, you yes. know. And in that, right now, there is a bill for reparations. You understand that the state is taking up. You know, Charles Barron had uh, formulated a bill for reparations, which involved the um, participation of the masses. But now the state has taken it up. The very, very enemy who's murdered millions of our people. So, you know, how can we trust them to, um, uh, uh, you know, be, be a champion for a bill for reparation? That's like Hitler, you understand, being the judge and jury of the Nazi party. You understand? Yes, yeah, so and, we have to organize people and make sure that they uh, advocate for that. One thing about right. Charles Barrett, Charles Barrett. Uh, wrote political prisoners on, on their behalf. He right. visited Jalil Abdul-Muthi King uh, several times, and it's very right. important that we know who's fighting for us and who's truly in our interest. Right. And Charles Barrett definitely represents that. Yeah. And, you know, as we uh, teach history, black history to our own people, we must remember all the crimes. And indeed, um, you know, the December 12th movement, um, you, you know, came with the... Uh, understanding that slavery was a crime against humanity and uh, continue to be perpetrated by that same enemy, the same enemy now who is uh, deciding about uh, making decisions on the reparations bill, the same enemy murdered millions of dark-skinned people with COVID-19, you understand, by pocketing the money 
the state of the art. State of the art medical facilities for black people, which could have saved many, many lives. But millions of black people, very, very uh, uh, unproportional to everybody else, died because of COVID 19, because the enemy pocketed the money, stole the money. So this another crime. Crimes keep being perpetrated again and again and again. And the, the stolen lives of our political prisoners, you know, it, it is one of those crimes, you know. Absolutely. And you can't you can't exclude the, the political prisoner from any of these struggles. Correct. You're talking about oppression. You're talking about exploitation. And then you need to de- deal with the actions that have to deal or uh, address that. And the political prisoners are those actions, right? You, they're standing up, they're fighting back, and they're organized. So right. you know, that's how we relate all those issues to the political prison. Right. So, you know, the enemy, you know, has a strategy that we will be, be a nation of little, innocent little puppies, you know, scared to death, you understand, will never stand up for anything, you know, but will follow the slave master down the street, sniffing his behind, begging, you know, something that will come out of there, out of his behind, you understand, instead of us being like lions, you understand, like a political prisoners were, yes. you know, or oh. freedom fight, oh, you understand, being like lions, you know, and have these lions uh, 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 among us, you understand, uh, so that we will stand up and be magnificent kings and queens, you understand, that, that we are, uh, naturally, you know. Yes, and all we, when we use that term, kings and queens, we're talking about serving of the people. Correct. Right? So, that's how we use it, and that's how we mean it. Right? We're right. Here, out here serving the people. Right? What we mean about serving the people, we're raising the people's consciousness. We're reminding people that you know you have to stand up and fight back. You know, you're you're a person of color, you're a person who's of the working class uh, community, and therefore is a system that is uh, attacking you and, and has been uh, implemented or it came into being on your backs, on your blood, sweat, and tears. And we have to understand that, that in order for us to move forward and get the things that we need, whether it's food, clothing, shelter, uh, all of the three or one of the three, you know, we have to struggle, we have to fight. You know, going to work from nine to five on Monday through Friday is not enough, right? Because you're going to have what they say that you can have, but the system that we live in, the society that we live in, are going to make you choose one out of the three that I just mentioned. Either you're going to have to uh, eat, or you're going to have a place to stay, or you're going to have clothes. You know, you can't, you don't have enough to have more three. But what I'm saying, and how did that relate to the political prisoner, is that, you know, the political prisoner fought for a humane world, uh, a world where, you know, you can work Monday through Friday, uh, 9 to 5, uh, and, and have enough for adequate food, clothing, and shelter. You know, that has to address capitalism and, uh, you know, how it, it functions and the fundamentals of it. So I think that, you know, this coming summer, political prisoners need to be discussed. Wherever you act, do what needs to be done. As I've mentioned before, I had this hoodie made, and I'm on a train today, and I see somebody looking at it. It always draws attention. So this summer, try to do the same thing. Uh, this Saturday, if you happen to be in uh, New York, uh, one of the five boroughs, if you live there, or even if you don't, or you're visiting somebody, uh, and the boardwalk, uh, in Coney Island, you're going to see that red, black, and green flag. It's a tribute to the ancestors. Correct. You know, so there'll be a number of people there showing 
respect to the ancestors. You know, uh, some of our political prisoners are now ancestors, and uh, we got to uh, respect their work, their body of work, but the highest level of respect to anybody, just like we talk about Pope John, John I mean, we talk about Coach uh, Trancia Lorenga, the highest respect that you can have to anybody is the work that you do based on your, your encounter with this person or these people, and you say that I respect them, what are you doing? Right? Respect is something you do not say, just as love is something you do not say. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's very important. Right? We, we stand on the shoulders of our ancestors. What are you doing about that? Our political prisoners are in prison. We need to organize. We need to bring them home. Join a committee. Write letters. Set a goal this summer to write a political prisoner. Once that letter is written back or response is made to you, then you build that relationship. You know, you take your time. You remain in your comfort zone, but at least you did your job. Your job was to make sure somebody who fought for you is not being um, forgotten about, you know, because I think that's worse than being incarcerated, to be forgotten. But brother, you know, um, the power of a written letter and the power of June, the upcoming summer, you know, there's a tendency to be uh, increased in violence. You know, this is gun violent awareness month, right? So I was about to mention. Yeah, so I was about to raise that. Raise that, brother. Go ahead, yeah, brother. One of the things that we were dealing with is, is the gun violence, you know. Uh, sometimes we seem to think that um, we must be hypnotized into believing that summer means we got to be violent, you know. Um, and, you know, we're looking at this uh, this whole thing about the gun, you know. Um, like I say, it was men with, black men with guns in their hands that won the Civil War, you know. That's one aspect of the gun, you understand? But we talk about gun violence, you know, we talk scientifically about gun violence, and we do a little, a little observation and analysis, we'll see that those people who adhere to the philosophy of people like Marcus Garvey, Malcolm X, the Black Panther Party, you know, they do not commit gun violence against other black people, you know. What science does, science looks at phenomena and see if that phenomena is uh, reproduced. You, you understand? You have the same phenomena, you know, the same causes and effects, you know, in different situations, and we see that cross-country, when you have thousands of black people that come together in the spirit of black nationalism, you have zero violence, you know? We have other people who listen to N-word music, you know, they got a whole lot of violence. There was some dude, I think it's been a while back though, he's on TV talking about, uh, I'm not a psychological expert, but I don't think that the music has anything to do with people's behavior. I wrote him back. I said, I am a psychological expert, and the music does have something to do with the violence. You know, so um, the culture that we share, us taking control of our culture as members of us, the Stop the Killing campaign, we look at culture and taking control of our culture, not being controlled and hypnotized by some words that tell you that you must, must act a certain way. You know, you must act like a monkey. Just that 
mentioned the Stop the Killing campaign. If you just remember the December 12th movement, and these are very important, powerful organizations that we belong to. And I think that above all, well, the Stop the Killing campaign being a formation out of the December 12th movement, we uh, have to uh, make sure sure that people understand that there's a direct link to what we're doing uh, when we're out in the streets struggling for self-determination and the political prison. We say that you know the political prisoner um, was out amongst the people and doing what we're doing. And in the spirit of respecting the political prisoner, we're speaking about them and what we're also doing work that they had done at one point in life. And even uh, whatever they're doing while they're incarcerated in prison because they, uh, you have people writing to, to them and they become like a consultant to those affairs out in the community regarding uh, organizing the community and raising the community's consciousness. So I think that people need to be under, understand the connection to what's going on and um, the political prison. Yeah, indeed, political prison like runs the powers. You know, when people got beef in the prisons, what do do that? When they have beef in the prison, the uh, prison authorities go and uh, consult and, and bring a different uh, 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 of our uh, political brothers and sisters, you understand, up into the conversation to resolve the conflicts, you know, and they can serve the same role out here in the street, you understand, instead of rotting, rotting away in the penitentiary. You know, absolutely, and that's why we do what we do, because we understand the importance of being active and staying committed to um, what needs to be done. And the time that we have to do it, because, uh, you know, it's up to us to change the conditions for the next generation. Because when we look at uh, Gil Scott Heron, as we just spoke about earlier, and we look at, and look at this album, Pieces of a Man, there was one song, right? That Well, there was a number of songs that stood up, but, but that song saved the children. Right? Yeah. It talked about, you know, the children are the future. Um, we have to um, make sure we, we teach them right. Make sure we let them know that they have to stand up and fight and um, guide them right. And how do we guide the children if we're not organizing ourselves or we're not being an example of what should be done regarding um, this, uh, the current conditions? We must confront that. We must stand up and we must fight back. And we must educate our children on political prisons, right? Because those uh, people who did the work and uh, those are people who continue to do the work wherever they at. And uh, while we're out in the community, we have to give the children a fighting chance. Right? We give them a fighting chance by educating them and letting them know that this is what needs to be done. And this is why it needs to be done, because nothing that's going to happen that, you, that benefits you is going to happen without you not standing up and fighting yeah. back. Let the children know that the world will soon be theirs, you know. And, uh, you know, right now, we're fighting to save the world, you know, but uh, very, very soon, you know, that is going to be their job and their responsibility to save the world, save the world, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, we have to be an example of what they need to do and what they can do. Right. And uh, we have to stand up, fight back, be firm in our fight and be um, convincing with our argument. Yeah. And we're taking our position, being mature as... Gil Scott Heron and Malcolm X said, you know, that was a very important piece saying that, you know, it's a lack of maturity to not speak on uh, what's right because you're going to make somebody feel uncomfortable. You know, uh, and it's a lack of political maturity to think that you don't have to get involved 
and uh, political affairs, and which is uh, something that, you know, once you understand how uh, the political system works, or even the concept of uh, being political or politics, you understand how it relates to common people, everyday people, right? How, mm-hmm. What is your relationship to power? What are you going to struggle for, right? Because power dictates what's going to happen to you today, yeah. tomorrow, and the day after. So yeah. if you don't understand that, or you're not active on that, then you know, you're delusional. Your power is the ability to make plans and make those plans happen, you know. And, uh, you know, this is a very, very uh, important thing that, that, that we need to fight for, some black power, you know. Uh, so uh, the next generation, you know, you know has to uh, understand, you know, the need for some black power. And black power is a thing that, uh, our political prisoners knew and fought for. You know, they voiced it and they lived it. You know, indeed, indeed. So, brother, uh, you know, our time is up. We made our commitment. We made our stance. And uh, for those uh, who are interested in picking up, getting involved in this fight, contact us at three four seven six seven nine three nine three six, or email us at sefusenkofa. That's S E F U. S-A-N-K-O-F-A at Gmail. I'd love to have you aboard. You know, it's going to take more of us, but, you know, whoever's willing to do the work, uh, Black Power, salute to you. For those who are not ready, you know, I catch you when I catch you, or we'll catch you when you catch you. Peace and love, everybody. What's the call? Free them all. What's the call? Free them all. What's the call? Thanks again for tuning in to the NEPPC podcast. Please share with 10 people, and uh, thank you for your time. And okay.